we reflect the light of God's glorious grace, will be seen here in James chapter 1. If you'd please turn there with me. James chapter 1 is a glorious thing to be a Christian. It's a wonderful privilege to have that standing of being redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And to have the privilege to to know that Christ does have a plan for you as we were considering this morning, but also to realize the seriousness to not fail in fulfilling that role for God as we considered from the life of Samson. Which brings us to a passage that once again we are all very familiar with, but I'm afraid sometimes we allow the familiarity to, to breed uh, within us kind of a, maybe an apathy, if you will. And so I would like to remind us of some basic truths this morning that would help us to recognize how much our lives need to count for Christ. In James chapter 1, read with me verse 22. You can follow along as I read. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way. Stop right there. I call this message commonplace Christianity. We have ministries, camps, whatever, that are engaged in the work of the Lord, if you will, and yet we have numbers of Christians all across the United States, all across the world, that would fit into this category of a commonplace Christian. And there's not a lot of difference necessarily between what we would consider a commonplace Christian and what a consecrated Christian is, but the differences are marked, they are real, and they are serious. We have a lot of good people and a lot of good churches that are good for nothing from a spiritual point of view. I know that sounds harsh, and I know for especially most of the Camp Chatech staff, that sound, you know, that's totally not in my character to be harsh or unkind or mean-spirited in any way. Can I get an amen? The rest of you I'll deal with later. But we do need to be reminded very seriously of this thing. We should be good for the glory of God, should we not? But that requires that we come to renewed understanding in our minds of this passage. Notice the careful look of the commonplace Christian. You say, wait a minute, that sounds like it's a good thing. Well, it is. Because we see here in verse 22 that he encourages them not to be doers, uh, to be doers of the word and not hearers only. And then uh, it goes on, it says, if any be a hearer of the word... So references here are being made about a Christian that is engaging in the listening, the reading, the studying, and hopefully even the meditation of Scripture. In other words, this is a good starting point. One of the things that we find that many teenagers, whether they're in our teen program or whether they are regular campers, struggle in is their regular devotional life. And to be honest, I find a lot of adult Christians, college-age students, and so forth, that still struggle 
with their regular devotional life. This is an absolutely critical aspect of being a Christian. Because it is our spiritual nourishment. It is our spiritual guidance. It is that which instructs us and helps us to develop as Christians. So we have to have the careful look. We've got to get into the Word of God. Notice a couple things about the careful look. First of all, there is a considerable time given to looking. It says, being a hearer and beholding, in verses uh, 23 and verse 24, the first part, he's talking about someone that's giving a considerable time to looking. Right? That's a good thing. Someone who is consistent in church, consistent in their devotions, consistent in studying, the Word of God, this is, this is good, this is commendable, all right? Um, you know, fortunately, I don't have to do a lot of looking in the mirror, okay? There's nothing that I can do to change this mess, so I don't have to really worry about it. I keep my hair nice and short, and as Pastor said, level-headed, so that, you know, it's just, you get up in the morning and I don't, I don't have to worry about anything, okay? Uh, but, you know, for others, you get up and you turn on the light and, ah! you know, you're scared out of your mind because of what you just saw. Some of you are scared out of your mind because of what I just did. But now you're awake and listening at least for the next five minutes. So that's good. That's positive. Now, as you wake up and after you have screamed and gotten out of the shock of what that mess is in front of you in the mirror, you begin to pay attention. You begin to, to look, but you're not just, you know, doing a quick, you know, walk by like a junior hire will, you know, most junior hires don't even know that mirrors exist. So, you know, those are just not even a part of their mentality. But for the rest of us, we know what a mirror is. We get up and we look and we look considerably a long time. Not to admire, admire how good looking we are, but to see, oh my goodness, what job do I have to do on this today? All right. And so we see those things and give a lot of time to looking at it. But secondly, this word has the idea, this word behold, it also means to give a close examination of oneself. So we're not just, just sitting in, you know, and for standing in front of a mirror and just kind of having a glazed look as we look into that mirror, not really seeing what is there, but we're actually scrutinizing. We're actually checking out to see, you know, are, is there still food from five days ago that needs to be brushed or flossed out of my teeth? You know, do I need to blow my nose? Do I need to fix my hair? Whatever it might be, okay? We are examining ourselves carefully. Why? Because we are concerned about being presentable and having a proper, you know, hopefully type of a testimony and, and not looking like death warmed over as we go out into the world, okay, or into our ministry. And so we give a careful examination of ourselves. That's what the careful look of the, of the commonplace Christian is many times. They, they're, they're the Christian, you're the Christian that you'll, you'll look, you'll study, you'll listen carefully, you won't just turn off your mind necessarily as soon as the teacher or the preacher begins to go through the message or the Sunday school lesson or whatever it might be, you scrutinize it, you pay attention to it, and those are all very good and very commendable things. And they must be in your life. If you not, are not someone that gives a considerable amount of time to God's Word, if you are not a person that gives a close examination of yourself in light of God's Word, you are in an even worse condition. You are not going to be able to develop. You're not going to be able to progress. And by the way, remember that the book of James is all about a believer, a Christian, developing to be a mature and a more complete Christian 
who can more properly evidence the reality of their faith. Can I say to you this morning, if you are here and you do not know Christ as your Savior, this book right here is nothing of, of profit to you, if, you know, because you don't have a relationship with Christ. This book, the Bible, is not just a list of do's and don'ts. And it's not just merely suggestions so that somehow you can, you can make your life better and more valuable, and seem like it's, you know, got profit to it. No, this book is for us who have especially understood, first of all, and this is why it points out in the gospel, that we need Jesus Christ. That we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And because of that sin, we face that eternal judgment of God, as Romans 6.23 tells us, that the wages of sin is death. That eternal separation from God, because we have no relationship, because our sins have put that 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 gap between us and therefore we face an eternal judgment in a place called the lake of fire which is described also as the second death understanding that jesus christ gave his life that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life and thus began a unique and wonderful eternal relationship with god by having placed our faith and trust in him which changes the whole understanding of what the Bible is. The Bible is not merely that list of do's and don'ts and suggestions. It becomes our guidance. It becomes our reference point. Why? This is God's instruction to us to help us. So we have to have a careful look of God's word. But then here's what separates really the commonplace Christian from the consecrated Christian. Notice, secondly, the careless actions. Look at verse 23. It says, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Notice two things. First of all, here's the first careless action. One, a Christian who is a commonplace Christian leaves without changing his or her condition. Okay, so, so can you imagine... You go, and you, you go and you turn the light on and you look in the mirror and, you know, ladies, your hair looks like the 80s styles. Poof, you know, or like you stuck your finger in the electric socket, you know. And so hair is everywhere. You know, the face is kind of like this and you're all out of shape. And, you know, and there's all sorts of things. And so you go, ooh, ah, ooh, and you stand there and you give a lot of time to looking at yourself and wondering, how am I going to fix this? And you give that careful examination of yourself and you see all this that needs to be done. And then, after giving a considerable amount of time, after closely examining yourself, the next thing that you do is you turn around, you turn out the light, and you walk out to go to your job or go, you know, now, some of you girls at Camp Tech are looking like you're doing this, so uh, let's... Step it up. So just that's a little different, right? You guys got a yeah, we got a little bit different demand there. We tell our team girls, don't worry. When when I when we get new crops of team girls in and we're about to start our second session, we tell them, don't worry about making sure that your hair is perfectly done and that all your makeup is just right because guess what? It's gonna be sweated off in about an hour. Okay? So don't worry about it. Just put on a ball cap or you know, throw it up in a ponytail, do something, but don't worry about it. It's, it's all going to get messy anyways, all right? So there's, some, there's good, some exceptions. But you know, on a typical manner of life, you wouldn't go out looking haggardly and nasty and all of that if you had a chance. You would say, man, that's, that's, that's kind of careless. That's kind of, you know, that's, 
It's not a good indication of you as a person to, to go out looking that way. You'd think that you'd want to take care of yourself and change what you saw there. And yet, isn't that how many Christians are? They come and they give attention to the Word of God. They understand what the Word of God is teaching them. They are, they are in agreement even many times with the, what the Word of God is teaching them. They know they ought to change things. They see where it needs to be personally applied in their own lives. And then they walk out from their personal devotions, from the Sunday school lesson, from the services that they are in at church, during the revival meetings that are taking place, wherever it is, and they leave without changing their spiritual condition. Wouldn't you say that's careless? It's very, very careless, because when you leave without changing your condition, you are not going to grow and develop as a, as a mature Christian. You are not going to be a Christian that other people can look at and say, wow, they are evidencing by their faith by their works, how they live, that they really, truly are a Christian. So they leave without changing their condition, a very careless action. Secondly, in the latter part of verse 24, it says, and forgetteth what manner of man he was. So the second careless action is that they forget quickly what was revealed. Have you ever forgotten something? You get up in the morning and you think, oh man, I've got to get this done, or I've got to do this, or I've got to go there. And then you let some little things kind of distract you to the point that you go through the rest of your day and you never do what you in originally intended to set out to accomplish. Or you didn't get the most important thing done that you wanted to get done. And then you sit down at the end of the day and say, oh no, I forgot. Kind of a bad feeling, isn't it? Why is it that there are Christians that can, again, they can be at camp. They can read their Bibles. They can sit through services. And then they can do nothing with what the Word of God has showed them. They do nothing with what, the God, with what the Word of God has encouraged them to do or confronted them to do or to change. And then they close the Bible. They walk out the doors. And five minutes later, they can barely remember what the message or what their personal devotional, devotional time in the Word of God was about. I'm not saying that every word of every verse or every point of every message has to be remembered. But when we leave and we have been shown by God things that need to be developed or changed or worked on or forsaken, whatever it might be, folks, it's a variety of these things. And we leave and we don't change our condition. It's very easy because we don't attend to that to then secondly forget quickly what was revealed. And when we forget, guess what that does? That just keeps us from doing what we should have done in the first place, right? So it's a kind of a vicious cycle. So those are the careless actions. Leaving and not changing your condition, forgetting quickly what was revealed, which lead us thirdly to the costly results. Look at verse 22. It says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. The first costly result is a deceived life. Now, I don't know about you, but I do not like to be deceived. Do you like being deceived? I mean, how many infomercials have been out there that have deceived, I mean, countless numbers? You know, buy our workout regimen and you will look like He-Man in three weeks. And you only have to exercise twice a week for ten minutes a day. You know, and you'll have muscles just busting out of you. You know, or, you know, use this product and it will... 
change your life and you'll never be the same. All sorts of different products and things are being touted as just wonderful and life-changing and amazing and great and the best thing since cornflakes. And then you invest all of your life savings into it and it turns out to be a total flop. You've been deceived, haven't you? You've been tricked. But there's a different type of deception and that's a self-deception. Have you ever know, known anybody like that? You know, the guy who thinks he's God's gifts to sports until he gets schooled by someone who is tons better than he is? You know? The girl that thinks she is just the most beautiful gal in the world and then some other girl comes along and this girl pales in comparison. Or maybe, you know, there's a student that thinks that they are, you know, they are a genius and they're always getting A's and they're always doing well and then someone else comes along who's smarter and shows them that they are smarter. And, I mean, we can be, you've known that kind of, you've known those people. Be a youth pastor for a while. You'll find lots of kids like that, okay? Very self-deceived. We all have, have deceived ourselves in different ways. And here what James is pointing out is that the Christian who is merely content with reading the Bible and kind of just not rocking the boat necessarily, but not, not being a doer of the word, just simply being a hearer of the word of God, and that's it, that, that, that is somehow enough. And that just by being a hearer of the word, by coming to Sunday school, coming to a couple services during the week, being a good pew warmer, that God's pleased with that. And that you're really developing into this spiritual giant and that you're really becoming more mature and more profitable and that you're really evidencing that you're a Christian. You're deceiving yourself. If that's what you think. If you think that just merely reading through the Bible is all there is to Christianity, you're mighty wrong in that point. You are to be evidence. You are to be doing. That is, you are to be applying and you are to be living out the word of God. So that means that you have to change what God's word reveals. That means that you have to remember God's word. Those who do not are deceiving themselves to think that they are developing into that complete, mature Christian that God wants them to be and are going to be able to be used by God in the way that he intends, which leads us to a, secondly, a second costly result, which is this. Look at verse 25. It says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So here's the second costly result, and that is this, a bereft life. A life that is void of the fullness of God's blessings. It says, the man that is a doer of the work, the Christian that gives the careful look, but then the Christian who is not just careful to look, but who is careful to take and apply and live and conform his life or her life with the scriptures, those people are the ones that God is going to more fully bless. Those are the people that God can mature and develop to be the strong, mature, healthy Christians that can be used for God's glory. Those are the ones that God is going to be able to impart much blessing to. But the commonplace Christian is going to lack. Now listen, God is good, is he not? 
And God gives us all blessings to enjoy, even though we don't deserve them. But here's the thing. We rob ourselves many times as Christians because we have fallen into a commonplace state. And because we're not right with God, because we're not living in accordance with God's word, God, as a loving father, has to withhold some of those great blessings that would enrich our lives, yes, physically, but most importantly, spiritually. And we miss out. Christians, sometimes, you, you, you know, I've come across Christians that they, they, they seem to just, you know, always be wondering why everybody else, you know, or why this particular family or that particular person just seems to be always, you know, or consistently having God's hand of direction and blessing on their life. And here they are, and it seems like they're just going nowhere. And many times it can be brought back to this point that they are simply a commonplace Christian. Now, folks, we know these verses. We've read, probably, many of you Christians, if you've been saved for any length of time, you've read through the book of James probably several times. So you understand these truths. You understand these principles, but can I ask you, are you applying them? This is what it's all about. The only way to be a Christian who is maturing and developing and being able to fulfill the role that God has given them as a Christian to fulfill is by not just being a hearer of the word, but being a doer of the word. Can I go back, though, and quickly ask, are you even as a Christian at the stage of being a careful looker? In other words, are you even giving attendance to the scripture by reading it and studying it and thinking upon it? Are you being faithful in your church attendance to listen to the word of God, to grow therein? If you're not there, you are far behind the curve. You need to, you need to make that, that commitment to get into the word of God. That's where it all starts. But maybe you are. Maybe you are being very consistent with that careful look. But are you allowing the look into God's word? Are you allowing that to change your life? Are you seeing things and dealing with them, whatever they might be? Are you striving to remember the different truths, the different principles, the different commands that God's word reveals to you in his word so that you can live it out? Or would you have to say, I've been deceiving myself lately, thinking that I'm really doing okay, thinking that I'm pretty good, thinking that I'm pretty developed as a Christian, and I realize this morning that I'm really not. I recognize that I've been missing out on some of God's blessings that he wants me to enjoy and that he wants me to benefit from because I have been commonplace. You know, here's a wonderful chance as we close this morning's service to even now be a doer of the word. If God's convicting you about being a Christian that gives more careful attendance to the word of God or being a Christian that is being careful to more faithfully do the word, apply the word, take care of it this morning. Don't say, oh, I'll wait. I'll deal with it later. I agree with it, but you know, I'll wait till the week gets done. That's how commonplace Christianity begins and continues. Stop it. Change it. By God's grace, commit yourself this morning 
to not being a commonplace Christian, but to being that consecrated Christian who will be a hearer and a doer of the Word of God. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for...